This is Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. This is Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics. This is Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. This is Clay Thompson from the Golden State Warriors. And you're listening to Triple J NBA Talk on KOAS 750 AM. Seconds. Bryant for the win. Open. Chicago with the lead. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James has the motion. Hello and welcome to your Triple J Podcast. Jabari Davis once again joined by my guys Jamison Welsh and Jordan Buscarini for this week's discussion. Uh, as I mentioned last week, definitely great to catch up with these gentlemen, you know, doing the show again after we did it. You know, we, we've done shows pretty much together for years now. Uh, plenty has transpired since the last time we talked, uh, let's kick, but let's actually kick things off with a few brief moments about Zion Williamson and, you know, as well as the one and done rule. Jameson, as is our custom, you know I'm coming to you first. You're advising Zion. So same thing as like when I ask you to put on your uh, proverbial GM hat. Now you're in Zion's corner, uh, whether you're his manager or whomever, right? You could even be the bag man. But say you're advising Zion and you see his shoe literally explode. And then you see him on the floor in a heap. What are you advising him to do moving forward at Duke? Well, it depends on the injury. Like, what's the actual injury? If he's hurt, like if he's a, if it's a knee sprain or something of that nature, or something, if it's damaged, then you gotta sit down. If it's yeah. something that's minor that he can play in a week, then come back and play. It's just that simple. Like, here's the thing: his brand is really big right now. We haven't seen a college player with this kind of brand in a very long time, uh, maybe even ever. I mean, this is the brand why this guy he was a brand before he went to Duke, but mm-hmm. while at Duke, while they've won and put on shows and you know, they've you know played some good games. This guy's a big brand. So you want that brand to continue, and it continues when he plays. Uh, with that being said, if there's any, you know, if his, if his injury isn't healed or if it can get worse, then you don't play because he has potential to probably make, I would say, in total, probably $100 million worth of contracts and endorsements before he even plays an NBA game. Like, he has that kind of potential. I don't he know knows. if he'll get to that number. But yeah, that kind of potential. So you don't want to really risk anything. And I get, I understand people just want to say, oh, he's in college. He signed up to play for Duke this year. I get that. But there's a, it's a business as well. And he has some business decisions he has to make. But it really depends on the severity of his injury. If his injury is something that he can, he's recovered from within a week or two, he should play. If not, if it's four to six weeks, then he should pack up. Jordan, what, what what about you? Like, say say you say it's somewhere in the middle of what of what Jameson just said, and say it, you know, it, it, and it's been reported as like a mild knee strain, you know, knee strain or sprain, and and you know, you know, what's mild about it that we're not actually dealing with it. So, but say it's like that, and, and you know, he can sit out for a couple weeks or sit out for a week and and and, and be okay, but not be a hundred percent recovered for you know maybe a, a couple months. Are you advising him to sit? Well, I, I think on this topic, it's hard to just say yay or nay on it. Okay, now let, let me let me kind of back up here for just a moment because I do believe that this conversation goes down the avenue of should college athletes be compensated, right? I think that this question correlates to that particular topic, Jabari, right? Like we can agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my, my stance has been and always will be college athletes are compensated. Right. They are compensated. I don't care what anyone tells me. Nobody is ever going to be. No one will ever be able to convince me otherwise. I've been around college athletics for over a decade. These kids are compensated. And if you don't want to play, if you don't want to play for the NCAA and you don't believe the NCAA is fair, it's quite simple. Go to Europe. 
I mean, you have that luxury, okay? So I don't know that that conversation ties directly into the Zion talk, but I see a lot of people correlating the two. Okay, so if I'm, if I'm actually advising Zion, here's what I tell him. First off, he's in a very unique situation because as Jameson alluded to, his brand, it's as big as any college athlete. I'm, you know, I think we may need to go back to Carmelo Anthony back at Syracuse to find someone. What's that? It's way bigger than Melo. Even with Melo winning that college championship. I'm talking, and, uh, as a I'm, I'm talking about having to go back that far to find someone that had the type of brand around them in the college game. Right? Yeah. I okay, can't. I I, I can't I'm, not, I'm not comparing him to Melo. I'm saying we have to go back to Melo at Syracuse to find someone with a brand built around them at the college game. John Wall didn't have that. Anthony Davis didn't have that. We're talking about a, t- a top-tier program in Kentucky. They didn't have what Melo had. So I get that Zion is beyond that level, but we really have to go back that far to find someone that has this kind of push and this kind of brand behind them. Why does he have that? You cannot tell me it has nothing to do with the fact that he plays at Duke, because it does. Right? Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Come on. Let's be real here. Zion, I know, is a freak of nature. He's a man-child. But at the same time, everything that Zion does well... It's backed by the Duke brand at this particular time, which is the well, biggest well, brand. Which is the biggest brand in college basketball. See, all right. So, Jameson, let me let me just jump you real quick because I, I have a feeling we're we're going to be uh, uh, tag teaming on you, Jordan. And forgive me. <laughs> uh, Duke is in the Zion business. Zion is not in the Duke business, and and I recognize that Duke is a big brand. I one hundred percent recognize that. But Duke is a big brand because they get guys like Zion, and Zion is the biggest one on the block you just pointed out the fact that we haven't seen anybody by that you know you know with anywhere near this type of you know this type of fan base and this type of you know just all you know and 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 interest in him at that level this is not a matter of duke making him bigger uh yes look it is duke does make him bigger like you you guys listen you honestly believe that zion williamson would have the exact same height behind him if he played for gonzaga Hell yeah. No, 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 no way. There's no way. I'm going to tell you why. Sure, I'm going to tell you why. Out here in Vegas, this would be the third, was it 2017 summer. Um, This guy shut down the convention center out here at Vegas because he was playing AAU event. The fire marshal came. Jay-Z couldn't get in. No, LeBron couldn't get in. Jay-Z came in back way. LeBron LeBron couldn't get in. Other people could not get in. So it, his he was a rock star before. I get that. Before all this. I get that. I, I understand any, that. Any top program he goes to, even if he didn't, even if he didn't go to college, the brand and hype would have been there. Anywhere he goes, not like it is now. Would have been must see, much watch television. Not like it if is now. Duke, uh, I'm sorry. Not like it is now. I look the, to me. This is the same conversation as a superstar in the NBA wanting to play in a big market. Jameson, you and no, I. No, ha- this is this is unique though. This is it, it's unique, it, like, this it's is not very, though. Put it this way, this is outside art outside of the Ball family. Zion Williamson might be the most talked about high school player brand wise we've ever had. To start as a brand, as a high school player. There is no one that remember we live in a viral age now. Back in when Le, uh, LeBron, Carmelo, all those guys were coming up, things weren't viral. Their high school stuff wasn't viral. Zion has been all his dunks, all his highlights have been viral for the last four years, three years. Sorry, last three plus years. So anything he's done, he shut down every venue he's been at, everywhere, whether it's Dallas, Vegas, 
wherever Adidas Nations has been at when he was coming up playing an AAU event, he literally shut it down. His high school events, same deal. His brand would have been his brand for college, wherever he would have went, we all would have followed. And that's just how it goes. It just happened to be duped at the last minute. But his brand was way, way it's not like a situation with Trey Young where he blew up and it helped Oklahoma and helped him out. It wasn't that. Zion has been a household name for a few couple years now. But you're still neg- you're, you're ignoring the fact that you're telling me that Duke does not help his brand at all. You're telling me that I'm not saying it doesn't help it. I'm, I'm it, it does. It, it, it does. And, I think he, he, anywhere he could have went to, if he went to Clemson, it would have been the same thing. It would have followed him anywhere he could have gone. Anywhere he would went, it would have followed because he's a unique guy. He's a one of one. Now I'm not saying this would have happened for everyone. But he's a different guy. Okay, he's I, the guy that's unique and different. We haven't seen a guy like this in this era in a very long time. I agree. I agree with that. But but let's be realistic here. Two decades from now, let's go beyond that. Three decades from now, you mean to tell me that Zion playing for Duke does not help the legacy of his college career? You're telling me that thirty years from now, we're not talking. We're talking about the legends of Duke, right? We're talking about the historical athletes that have come through an historical program. You can't tell me that him going to Duke does not help the brand long-term because it does. We're not talking. Nah, it, 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 it does, Jamison. It does. It's, it's not, people are enticed with that. If he went to college for four years, then I would agree with People you. are still enticed but, by it because it's, a, it's the era of being in the one and done. People are still enticed by it. They still are. But people, people, all right, so the last Duke team that won it, Okafor, Winslow, Trey Jones, all those guys, no one really mentions or cares where they went to school at. And that's actually true. Like, I don't, when, when I think about Okafor, like, I'm happy that he's making a little comeback. I'm happy that he's playing well. I don't think about him being a Duke guy. And he won a title there. Look, when we, like, t- no one when, thinks about it like that. Look, over the last 10 years, over the last 10 years, when we talk about Anthony Davis, when we talk about John Wall, when we talk about DeMarcus Cousins, and we talk about Carl, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, when we talk about all these guys, what's the one thing that they have in common? What's the one thing that they have? They all have max contracts. They all went to Kentucky. <laughs> they all went to Kentucky. But people don't bring that. That's not the first thing they think of, though. Like that's. The thing. I disagree the, with you. Right? We talk, all we... all stars. They all have max deals. Sure, but they all came through the Kentucky system with John Calipari. Like he's known for bringing in one and duns that are top ten NBA picks. And when we go back twenty five years from now. We are going to talk about the run that Kentucky had with superstar athletes being one and done, playing one year in Kentucky, having success or not, still being drafted. Like, it helps your legacy when you play for a legacy basketball program. I think you guys are talking about Duke. Like, there's no legacy within this college program. Like, none. Like, no, there's, there's a lot of no, legacy no, no. in it. No, there's a lot of legacy in it. It definitely benefits a lot of guys. I'm saying it doesn't benefit Zion as much as you led to believe just because – he can win anywhere in his situation. Again, he's the kind of guy where if he, is, if he went to a mid-major school, let's say he said, you know what, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to go to school right down the street from home. He's from South Carolina. Let's say he goes to a random school in South Carolina. ESPN will be there every game because they can't miss the Zion show. He is must-watch no matter where he would have went to. I'll put it this way. If ESPN is putting Jay Morant or John Morant highlights on every night, best believe they would have done a lot more for Zion Williamson no matter where he went. Okay, l- let me ask you this. Let me ask you this right now. Where was Kevin Garnett gonna, going to go to college out of high school? I believe it was Michigan. You believe it was Michigan. Where was Kobe Bryant going to go coming out of high school? Where was Kobe Bryant? We've heard different reports. Where was, was Kobe? North Carolina or Duke or something like Thank that. Thank you. It was Duke. Look, look, you know Kobe was going to go to Duke. You know that. 
You think Kevin Garnett was going to go to Michigan. We know Kobe was going to go to Duke because it's Duke. Like, it matters. That matters to a brand. Well, I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying this era era is way different than that era. Guys weren't household names before they were 18, though. That's what I'm saying. We didn't know. if, If we had the viral social media we had back then, it'd be totally different. But we knew about Zion when he was 16. We were able to track every step he's made since he was 16. Yeah, look, I, let, let me let me sum it sum it with this. And and honestly, you guys are both making excellent points. And 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 in, in, as usual, I'm kind of in the middle. But I'll say this: things have changed over the you know like like it, and it's obvious. Yes, things have changed, but things have really changed. There's been a shift, kind of like for instance, 15, 20 years ago, all big name guys. You know, like when free agency really started getting going, they wanted to be in a big market because the the thought at that time was you had to be in a big market. L.A. You got to be in New York. You got to be here. The you know the shoe companies like it. The other sponsors like it. It's the same. It, it's a very similar thing with college basketball big programs. So what? So when when you know, I don't want to speak for Jameson, but I think you know he's in agreement. It's not that either one of us are saying that you know Duke doesn't also help Zion. Yes, of course that factors in. But the reality is Zion was going to be Zion regardless of whether of where he went. Yes, it helps that he you know that he, that he goes there, especially if they win. But he was going to be the man regard you know regardless. And and honestly, we, we would be paying this much. Yes, we would be paying this much attention to him no matter. All right, I want to shift it a little bit and talk about the one and done rule because right after this, and this is kind of why you know why why we're I even brought up the Zion stuff. Right after this, you pretty much had the NBA, and I don't know if if it was officially you know put into B, but I, I I at least heard that they applied to start allowing eighteen year olds into the draft again. So. Okay, first of all, I want to just say the one-and-done rule was garbage to begin with. I, I, it was always unfair. It doesn't make sense to me that you know you, you have that stipulation for certain leagues but not other leagues. I do recognize that the NFL has that as you know, you know has a similar stipulation specifically because of physical you know uh, you know, you, know, uh, uh, you know just the physical wear and tear that bodies will take. But for basketball players, that never made sense. To be quite honest with you, it was it was protecting the incompetence of the ownership of the owners as you know. And and uh, and and GMs because they were you know uh, to be honest with you they were worried about you know drafting the next Robert Swift or you know insert name of any other high school bus but the reality is that's not fair you know it was never fair to the indiv- you know like to the actual individuals that were playing I recognize what you're saying Jordan about you know college players are compensated but it's garbage if it's forced. I don't you like if if the, if you choose to go there because you want to better you know you want to you know to continue your basketball career you know that's one thing but if you don't have the ability to go to the NBA I'm not accepting your know, room and board and 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 you know tuition for one semester as 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 proper payment I'd like to get your thoughts first on the one and done rule and whether and, and whether you thought it was fair to begin with and what you'd like to see moving forward uh, as far as the one and done rule goes look this is America as an 18-year-old kid, if you, if you want to forego your amateurism and go play in the NBA, I think you should have the right. I was never a yep. fan of the one-and-done rule. I've never been a fan of that. The NFL is a completely different topic, and the NFL does not require you to go to college for, for two years. You have to be, if I'm not mistaken, it's two and a half, three years removed from high school football. From high school football. Right. It doesn't yep. matter. I mean, you, you could go play one year of college football. That doesn't matter. I understand. That's a completely different world, okay? A kid is not ready, a quarterback is not ready to take a blindside shot from Khalil Mack. 
His body is just not ready for that yet. Mentally, he's not prepared for that. Basketball, yeah. I, to basketball to me, it's a completely different topic. Um, again, I, I believe that there is. I, I believe that athletes are compensated. I think that it, it, the way you choose to use that compensation, I always get a kick out of it when I see someone like Shabazz Napier sitting behind a podium saying he goes to bed hungry at night. No, you don't. You don't. I've been around college athletics way too long to know that's not true. Shabazz Napier's not going to bed hungry at night. I don't believe it. I, you know, I, I, I've seen it. It does not happen, right? I've been around lesser D1 programs, and their kids don't go to bed hungry. Shabazz Napier is not going to bed hungry. Jameson and I have gone back and forth on, on my show on this multiple times. And again, to me, college athletes are compensated. If you choose to use that compensation the right way, that's on you. Uh, I know kids that are twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in debt with student loans. They they chose to do that to you know to to provide a better life. I know the benefits that athletes get. Now, are they making as much as the university? Absolutely not. But in what field do we make as much as our bosses? In what field? Never. Like. That doesn't work that way. It's not the way it works. So I will have the argument about college athletes being compensated. And then there's the other argument of where does it stop, right? So you want to pay basketball players? Well, guess what? Basketball is not the only sport at that school. You have football players. You have gymnastics. I went to Southern Utah University. Our gymnastics team was competing at the top. They were nationally ranked year in and year out. They were winning academic national championships. You going to pay them too? They don't bring in the revenue of a basketball or football, but they're still student-athletes, so where do you draw the line? And then that's a whole nother issue. So to me, the one-and-done rule is garbage. It really is in the NBA. If a kid doesn't, and and here's the other point of this argument, if a kid wants to be a one-and-done in college, he does he even want to be there in the first place? No, he doesn't want to be there in the first place, right? No. And that and that's that's a whole nother argument. So let me be clear on this. I do believe college athletes are compensated. Fairly, uh, fairly, that's a whole other argument. They are compensated, okay? On the flip side, the one-and-done rule is garbage. They need to get rid of it. I think once the one-and-done rule is decimated, once it's gone, once it no longer exists, you will see more quality basketball being played at the NCAA level. I think now that we've had a test run without the one-and-done rule, we've had it with the one-and-done rule, I think that kids are going to be a little bit more educated in their decision to either A, go to the NBA, or B, go to college. And I think there are steps that the NCAA can take in allowing a kid to flirt with the NBA without forfeiting his amateurism. And that's on the NCAA and the NBA to figure this out. So there are steps that can be taken to make this a seamless process. Like I said, you have to evolve in everything that you do. We've seen it without the one and done rule. We've seen it with the one and done rule. Get rid of it and let's find a happy medium. And I think it'll work. Well, the one done rule should have never been in place to begin with. Um, You know, as a, as an NBA team, you have scouts and GMs and advanced scouting and all the data you need and all the access you need to analyze and, you know, go over players. I don't think that all because a few mistakes were made in terms of drafting guys, we should have to make a rule because GMs make bad decisions. Uh, yeah, that's part of it. And the whole college situation, you know, the whole, you know, players shouldn't have to go to college if they're good enough to at high school. And I agree. They shouldn't. However, when it comes to paying for players, I get the arguments for both sides. Uh, you know, of course, Kyle Nine's a huge situation uh, that gets brought up. And the exposure athletes get is pretty good for certain guys. However, my thing is this. I don't really care if the school does it, but there's enough money 
and the sponsors and the other companies around that are involved with NCAA that can pay revenue sharing sports that if that's the case. But also, here's the thing. If a kid is getting benefits, if he's able to make money off his likeness, the NCAA should not be able to butt into that. They should mind their yeah, business. I that. agree with that. I think that would solve a lot of issues. Yep. If the NCAA like, hey, if some if a company wants to invest $100,000 into a guy for six months, they should be able to do that. And that shouldn't, the NCAA should not have their, that should not be in their jurisdiction. I think that's a big thing. So as long as NCAA is around, then you're going to have a lot of problems because they're always butting their heads and other people's business. And that's the biggest thing. Uh, if you have a booster that wants to pay a kid 500000 to come to the school and there's some sort of agreement that his likeness can be used for whatever that booster wants it to, then, hey, that's how it should be. But in, until that happens, you're going to have kids going to the pros or trying to go to the pros. And, I mean, hey, put it this way. The G League has some situation where I guess they offer what? 200, was it 250 or no, it was 125,000 to go to the G League out of high school or whatever. And I laughed at that because there's kids getting more than that going to regular mm-hmm. school out of high school. So that 125 ain't enough. Uh, there's kids getting, you know, their people and their handlers are getting more than that. So it's going to be very fascinating how these things get handled. But at the end of the day, the one and done rule is ridiculous and it shouldn't have been in place to begin with. Like Jordan mentioned, you're 18 years old. You, you should not be allowed to be restricted from the workforce that you're able to be in, especially when you're just as good. I'll give you one better. The three guys on Duke are better than a lot of guys on a lot of people's teams right now. So why are they in college? Yeah, no, I mean, you guys both make great points. Um, look, we're, we're never going to agree on the compensation for the players, but the thing of it is, is while when I say they're not being compensated, I, I just mean they're not being fairly compensated. I agree. Yes, technically, that is some compensation. But at the end of the day, as long as as long as they remove the one and done rule and, and, and at least gives these guys the opportunity to go, I'm fine with that. Um you know, you never know. I, I planned on this being a you know a quick five minute you know intro into the show. You never know where things are going to go, but that was really good stuff. I appreciate that back and forth. But let's go ahead and transition it to the NBA. You know, for the you know last uh, last segment of the show. Uh, look, I'm just going to be straightforward with you. The Lakers are not making the playoffs unless uh, unless they get lucky at this point. Yes, technically they're still within striking distance. Yes, technically they could, you know, yes they could go on or whatever. But this whole thought, you know, thought that they'd go into the uh, go into the, you know, all-star break and just activate it and, you know, just be back, that's just not going to happen. So, one of the things that, you know, when it comes to the Lakers and in particular with the you know, in particular with this, you know, current group, um there's a lot of opinions out there. One of the opinions that I saw being thrown around today was LeBron has earned the right to say whatever he wants at this stage. So, James Rather than me, you know, break it down. I want you to. I want you to. You know, your opinion and Jordan, please feel free to rebut. But what do you? What are your thoughts when you see that? And and if anybody, and if anybody's not aware, it's in reference to him, uh, LeBron, essentially calling out the younger guys, specifically the younger guys, and uh, you know, for their sense of urgency, for their consistency, and you know, just basically trying to get you know it. At least presented it as though uh, th- their recent struggles, uh, losers of nine of their last thirteen, is mainly because they're not focused enough. What were your thoughts when you saw that, James? So one, I kind of laughed because the young guys aren't the issue. Like that's the thing. The the two other best players on the team were Kuzma and Ingram, whatever whichever order you want to put them in. And I think Ingram's been playing better than uh, Kuzma as of late overall. Yep. Um, so that's that's the funny part. Secondly, LeBron has achieved a lot in this league. So he does have the right to say whatever he wants. But at the same time, he has to look in the mirror as well because he has been playing his best, especially on defense. He's a guy that has been caught slipping on defense 
multiple times in each half of every game he's been back in. So, yep. you know, if you're going to blame others, you got to make sure your stuff is right first. And that's the only issue I have with this situation in the statement. But I think the biggest thing is this. The veteran guys have really fallen off a cliff. Uh, you know, JaVale, Lance, and Rondo, especially yep. defensively, have all been horrible. Uh, you can even have KCP in that as well. Uh, so, you know, the young guys that haven't been the issue. Uh, big, the biggest issue is this, though. They traded Zubak for a guy they're not using. And Zubak was a very big piece for them. And he impacted the game on both ends. And they're not, you know, they're small without him because JaVale is just not, you know, he's JaVale. Uh, their biggest issue is that they just, they're just not good enough. Like, that's the thing. They're, they're not good enough. Zubak was actually a difference maker, and they dealt him away for nothing. And that's really, really hurting them right now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't understand the Zubats rule, like, they, they, you know, why they did that. I under, you know, I get that they wanted to bring in a stretch guy, but quite frankly, Mike Muscala is not good enough, uh, you, know, they, to, you know, to do that. I also recognize that, you know, maybe they determined that Zubats was not going to be in their plans moving forward. And with him being, a, you know, a potentially a restricted free agent over the summer, they, you know, they just determined it was time to move on. I just, you know, if you're going to do that, make it for a better player or someone that can actually help your team. Jordan. You know, I want to bring it back to the LeBron stuff. Um, you know, you've made it no secret over the over the years. Your, your thoughts on kind of the way he goes about doing things. When someone in particular said, you know, mentions that you know his accolades and what he's done for the game and everything, I, I recognize that he's been incredible. He's he's an all time great, if not the all time great. We're not going to have that debate today. We don't have enough time. But I will say, while yes, you have you you do have the freedom. You know, freedom of speech is, is important. You also have to deal with the repercussions. What about that thought that, that you know, him, him being, cav- you know, you know, pun intended, cavalier about, oh, guys just need to get over it, guys. These are still human beings. Uh, look, for the longest time, I have questioned LeBron James's leadership ability. I believe that the chemistry on this team has been absolutely horrible since LeBron James went out with an injury that forced him to miss several weeks. Now, that's not necessarily uh, necessarily on LeBron. I get it. He had a very uh, serious injury that the Lakers needed to be very cautious with. They needed to be very patient with. As Jameson alluded to, to call out the young guys in this situation is wrong. Okay, because as ridiculous as it is, people still don't want to give Lonzo Ball the credit that he deserves. This team is not the same without Lonzo Ball out there. Okay, Kyle Kuzma has been phenomenal this season. He just scored, what, 40? But he had 23 points in the first quarter against Philadelphia just a couple of weeks ago, right? So, um, you know, you look at uh, Brandon Ingram. Over the past 15 games, he's playing some of the best basketball of his career. He's playing some of the best ball of his career. The people that deserve the criticism are the veterans on this team. KCP is shooting 32% from the three-point line. Rajon Rondo has not been good since he returned from his injury. LeBron James statistically has been pleasing. I will give you that. This is a guy that's averaging a triple-double since he returned. But at the same time, his effort on defense is horrible right now. All right, so I get that this team was not going to win an NBA championship this year. And it also leads me to believe that LeBron, at least this season, since he is just, just this season, looking at what he has done and looking at the effort that he gives defensively, specifically in transition, leads me to believe that he signed in L.A., A, not to win. And I'm going to go back to the comment that he made a little while ago where he said he didn't have to chase anything. It was something like that, right? LeBron James' motives for playing in Los Angeles are not to win championships. 
I've said that since the beginning. I think it's great that the franchise lured LeBron. I LeBron. think it, it could be the beginning of what the franchise needed as far as rejuvenation. But the problem on this team is not the young guys, right? Lonzo Ball suffered a devastating injury, just the same as LeBron James suffered an injury that needed to be taken seriously. Some of this blame has to go to the front office. I thought the Lakers were horrible in the way that they handled the Anthony Davis trade negotiations. It was negotiated out in the public. That affects chemistry. LeBron James has taken no, to my knowledge, he has taken no accountability for this particular season, which was the same thing in Cleveland. So I don't know what we were expecting here. The problem is the veterans and the flaws that this particular roster presents. It's everywhere from the front office all the way down to LeBron James to Luke Walton to the veteran role players. Too much emphasis is being put on the Youngs, and it's those people who don't watch this team that believe the issue is the Kuzmas, the Ingrams, and the Balls. It's simply not. Yeah, I mean, you, you got guys like, and you know what? I, I normally, you know, you know I, I don't put, you know, negatively call folks out, but the, I just heard it today. Stephen A. Smith uh, on his show. I, I happened, you know, you know, at work. You know, on the road, heard him talking about it, and he, of course, was defending LeBron and saying, like, oh, you know, he has the right to say all these things. And, of course, he said, you know, Kyle Kuzma, he hasn't been good. And it's saying all types of things that are just factually inaccurate. And, you know, he's got a huge platform. It's very obvious that he does not watch this team. He was 100% box score hunting, and that's the narrative that's going to be out there. Jameson, I was going to come to you about uh, about the coaching situation, but you know what? I'd actually rather couch that until next week because I'd like that to be a longer conversation. We're going to have to have a real conversation about Luke Walton and, and about you know who's going to be the coach uh, next year and moving forward. Uh, but we'll wait. We'll wait till next uh, next episode for that. I want to end with a quick discussion about Paul George. We're going to shift to Paul George uh, because it's something that my guy Josh Eberle, um, you know, the other show that I do, he brought to my attention. Uh, and I, you know what? I, I was like stunned at first because I, I wanted to be the naysayer that said, yeah, come on, stop. But I couldn't. Uh, but basically he said, Paul George is having the type of year that you should honestly put him in the same in the in the discussions for MVP, defensive player of the year and most improved. And look, I know it's not likely that he's going to get the most improved player. But I had like I said, I had to take a step back and acknowledge that it's just it's actually not a crazy statement by Josh. What are your thoughts on Paul George this season, James? A lot of hot, a lot of hot takes there. A lot of hot takes. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, that's what the show's called. <laughs> I know. I'm aware. I'm very aware. Um, you know, most improved never goes to an All Star player, so we can cast that out. That's not happening. Defense yeah. player of the year is going to be interesting because you can make an argument, but I do think voters are going to give it to Gobert because of what happened for the All Star situation. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like Gobert's going to get it, uh, but he, Paul George should definitely be in the running for it. He's been that good. Paul George is, a, is not my MVP, but if he won the award, I wouldn't have any issues with it. He's been that good. Like he's been, he's been the reason why. Like he's, he is so far better than Russell Westbrook this year. It's not even funny. Like you can't even compare the two players. Like he is by far the best player on that team. Um, you, you stole my follow-up question to Jordan. Go for keep going. Yeah, no, he's by far, he's by far the best player in. The thing is this, um, they're going to go as far as he leads them. That's the thing. If he if he can keep this up in the playoffs, they have action of actually making the finals. I don't think he can because the playoffs are a different beast and the game is different. But uh, if he plays like this, they have real action at making the finals or making the finals a lot closer than people think. Their biggest issue is they don't have a lot of outside shooting. So in the playoffs, the court will shrink a bunch. But right now, the way he's playing, he's definitely been the best player out west thus far. 
But my MP is still Giannis. And Giannis has done it from game one, not game 12, not since December 1st, since day one. Since game one, he has been on a mission and this team has the best record in the league. That's real. All right, Jordan, I'm going to set you up with the la- with the final question here. Uh, and, it, and I'm going to piggyback what he just said, because my MVP candidates right now are Giannis, followed by PG, followed by Harden. Who's who, who am I missing? And what would your order be? I don't know who you're missing. I mean, I, I guess LeBron gets thrown into the conversation because he is LeBron. In fact, if you take a look at the latest MVP odds, I believe that is the top four, Giannis, Harden, PG, and LeBron. I believe that's no, number one through four, if I'm not mistaking, on the latest odds. Uh, my, my MVP this year, it is Paul George. I, I agree with everything as far as Defensive Player of the Year, MVP. He's never going to get most improved player, and I don't know that he should. I think that he's really taken back that form that we saw, boy, what was it, three or four years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals when they pressed the Heat went seven games that was a little while ago five years ago if I'm not mistaken so to me Paul George has reached that level once again uh yeah I think that he has been the best player in the NBA over the past two to three months and as Jameson I I gotta agree with Jameson on this I think OKC actually has a legitimate chance to come out of the Western Conference if he continues to play at the level that he is to me and, and and a note on defensive player of the year in this day and age it doesn't matter if it's basketball football baseball I mean look at the Super Bowl people are calling the Super Bowl boring Right, because it was a defensive spectacle. It was a defensive. It was a defensive masterpiece by two teams. You watch baseball; people don't like to see one nothing games, even though it's it's brilliant. Uh, it's a brilliant pitching performance. It's a brilliant defensive performance from the other eight guys in the field. People don't want to ever acknowledge that. People don't want to acknowledge defense in the NBA. They surely don't want to acknowledge perimeter defense in the NBA. That's why Rudy Gobert is going to get the nod over the likes of someone like PG in that particular argument, because Rudy's interior. It's flashy for a block. It's flashy to adjust a shot in the paint. It's flashy to send a shot into the third row. There's nothing flashy about perimeter defense. It goes unnoticed. Unless your name is Michael Jordan, your perimeter defense, for the most part, will go unnoticed, especially in today's generation. So he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year. But I agree. I think he should be considered for it. To me, he's my MVP. As far as the top four that you or top three that you named, yeah, it's a three-pony race. It's Giannis, it's Harden, it's PG. To me, I'm giving the nod to Paul George. All right, that's fair. Uh, we could, you know, we could do this every day, and we could go on for hours. But unfortunately, that you know, we've we've reached our maximum time. So before we get out of here, let me get a final shot from you, Jameson. Man, Jabari, you actually touched on it. Um, Stephen A. Smith has said a lot of outrageous things, but you can tell he doesn't watch sports. And I, I inform the people who listen and the people who you know watch sports: do get your own research, get your own information, because there's a lot of people who are paid to put out narratives and un you know, information that just isn't true. I mean, it's been proven. Stephen A. Smith named the guy on the Chargers a couple months ago that hasn't played on there in five years. So, you know, you've got to be very careful when you listen to what's going on because a lot of these guys, one, I think a lot of these people in the media are overworked. I think they, yes. uh, you know, they're overworked, so they're trying to do too much. Uh, but, you know, I think for all the people who listen out there who watch sports, form your own opinions. Form your own opinion. Do your own research and go from there. Even if your opinion is wild. At least it's your opinion. If you're just copying and pasting somebody else's opinion, that doesn't really make or break. You know, that doesn't make you any different than anyone else. Absolutely agreed. And you know what? I'm not going to pile on Stephen A. I'll just say I, I, I think you're right in the assessment of just simply being overworked. He's one of many in that field that are. All right, Jordan. What about you? Yeah, I'll be a little bit goofy on this. There was the announcement of Space Jam 2 coming out over the weekend, and just by paying attention to some of the comments. 
Twitter, Facebook. People are outraged that LeBron James would be starring in Space Jam 2. Look, Space Jam 1 was horrible. There's no possible way Space Jam 2 can be any worse. I know that pains a lot of people for me to say that because it stars Michael Jordan. I get it. There's some nostalgia in it. But I'm promising you right now, Space Jam 2 will be better than Space Jam 1 because that is the most overrated movie in the history of cinema. I... uh, Being around the Juco game, it was about three years ago. We had to take about a 15-hour bus ride to get to our destination for the conference tournament. And I was amazed at how many kids loved Space Jam on that bus. And I finally had to ask, like, why? This movie is terrible. Like, does it just take you back to the better days as a kid? Because you can't watch this and tell me it's good. So, like I said, I'm being a little goofy here, but that is seriously one of the worst movies that I have ever seen, and there is no possible way Space Jam 2 is going to be worse than Space Jam 1. Not possible. Uh, you know what? Honestly, you're, you're probably right about that, and, and you are right about Space Jam 1 being weak. Like, there's a lot of stuff from our childhoods that, like, you know, we, we still appreciate. We may hold nostalgic, you know, your feelings for. Uh, but if you really stop and break it down, they kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't from my childhood, but another movie that I did, I came to mind when you said that because it's a basketball movie is Love and Basketball. Really, folks, go back and watch it. It's really just a notebook, the notebook with not very, you know, good basketball being played. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that'll be all for us uh, this week. Thanks again for listening, of course. Uh, make sure you follow each of these gentlemen here on Twitter. At the Jameson for Jameson, obviously, and at Jordan underscore DTS for Jordan. Uh, and be sure to check for links for Jordan's daily radio show, which is Drive Time Sports. That's what the DTS is for. Thanks for listening.